This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm okay. Happy Valentine's Day, Hammond. What a romantic way to spend our afternoon. Yes. The love of podcasting. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yep, me fighting out the cold, you getting ready to go to DeKalb. Peoria, same thing. Peoria, they're literally the same city. (laughs) (laughs) Prove me wrong. But then I'm done coaching for the season. Then we're done. Okay. Do you want to talk about stuff? There's so much stuff. There is a lot of stuff. Uh, This might be a tricky episode. Yeah, because there's some stories that uh, there's a lot to discuss about them. Let's start with this one in Arizona because it's not the first time it's happened, but it's insane that it's still happening. So there is an atheist state rep. In Arizona, her name mm-hmm. is Athena Salmon. Mm-hmm. She's awesome, progressive, she's great, but again, she's a state rep. She probably doesn't get a lot of attention outside of the state, and you know, how many of us know our state legislators, right? Right. But anyway, so she did something that was kind of awesome this week. She delivered an invocation mm-hmm. to open a session of Congress because, or to open a session of the State House, mm-hmm. because in that state, they let the legislators deliver invocations and stuff. So she actually did this um, a couple of years ago. Okay. And she talked about, like, the humanity that resides within each and every person here. Mm-hmm. Totally fine, normal, nice invocation. And as soon as she was done, another Republican asked for permission to deliver his own remarks and then, basically, he wanted to correct her. Sure. He wanted to be like, well, she didn't give a real invocation because it didn't involve my God. Bad. Yeah. So he had to uh, talk so that his invocation could give respect to a higher power. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just a dick move yep. by this guy. Correct. So two years ago. So anyway, this week, mm-hmm. she delivered another invocation. And this time, actually, she was more kind of... Uh, out there with her atheism in a way that I like, uh-huh. but it wasn't just a, Hey, let's look to each other and be, she was much more Carl Sagany in this one. Really? Yeah. She said, can, I'm going to quote here. Can we truly fathom the depth of the intricacies, intricacies required to produce and sustain living beings such as animals, plants, microbes, the engines that support the survival of such diverse life forms on an incredibly insignificant planet in an inc- insignificant gal- uh, galaxy in an insignificant corner of an unimaginably immense universe that may possibly be a single speck floating in a sea of universes. <laughs> it's very much a uh, yeah. pale blue dot sort of yeah. uh, mention. But she did say, let's take a moment to reflect on the wonders of the universe. And before anyone says she didn't invoke a higher power, she said, no matter what we call it, we give thanks to the awe and inspiring power of nature itself. Oh, cool. So, okay, that's her invocation. Badass. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it. As soon as she was done, um, there was another state rep. His name is John Kavanaugh. Dude, people with that last name. Yeah. <laughs> John like Kavanaugh. Like seat for like 20 or 30 years. Says, uh, Mr. Speaker, basically, uh, I rise to a point of personal privilege he wanted to introduce his guests who are in the gallery, oh. which this is the time to do it after oh, the okay. invocation. So he's like, I'd like to introduce guests in the gallery. Speaker gives him permission to do so. Here's what Kavanaugh says. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I would like to introduce my guest, God. Jesus. Oh, God is in the gallery as no. he is everywhere. Uh, and the same God who, by the way, <clears throat> 
created nature, which purportedly created this tiny speck of a planet in which this tiny speck of a legislature okay. legislates. <laughs> I think you're editorializing how I am not that. editorializing, I'm <laughs> quoting. So just to be clear, like the atheist gave her invocation, the Christian was again a jerk about it. Uh-huh. And As the, there want to be. Like, dude, what are you doing? You don't need to remark every time a woman or an atheist right. says that. You can just let it go. It's not like anyone says, like, I'd like to let's invoke the power of God to bless this legislature. And then another politician's like, well, since he said that, I would like to point out that a lot of people think you're full of shit on that one. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's a really rave opportunity to, like, next time somebody's like, I'd like to evoke our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, be like, I'd like to invoke. Darwin. (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to invoke someone who actually exists. Let's do that. No, everyone would be like, apoplectic be, about that. And it would be a nonstop, like, actually, Buddha hasn't been brought up today. <laughs> so that was Monday of this week. On okay. Tuesday, Athena Salman got back in the House chambers and she gave a speech at one point when it was allowed to do so. And this time she was much more angry, I think, and emotional about it, but in, a, in the way you would, you would be if you were right. in that situation, saying that, like, I want to make it clear, I have never denigrated another member's invocation. Nice. Yet for the third year in a row, members, because they did it first with uh, Juan Mendez when he was a state rep, too. Uh-huh. They rebuked him, too. Yet for the third year in a row, members of this body have belittled my religious beliefs in ways that are humiliating and uncalled for. Huh. Um, she also said... This is in violation of not just our rights in Arizona, but Greece v. Galloway, which says invocations can be uh, sectarian and Good. non-religious. She also said, and you can almost hear her voice crack as she said this, my mother was in the gallery. My grandmother was in the gallery. She wanted to introduce them in the gallery, but she couldn't because a Christian was too busy being a dick to her. Oh, my God. Um, and so she protested, which doesn't mean much but it she did it formally and the next comment you hear in the video after she makes that speech is the actual speaker of the house a republican basically moving on to something else jesus there's no apology there there's nothing but it's just this is the sort of bullshit that these atheists have to put up with not because of any policy thing but because they're doing the same thing that christians do every day yeah 100%. and that's, but when they do it you know that's a strong bummer so, but I'm glad she. I'm glad she said something. She, she is awesome herself for herself. Yeah, she actually told me. Uh, I asked her, like, so what happened since the video, mm-hmm. right? That day, and she oh, nothing really happened. But she did tell me, like, it's time for real, tangible accountability for the infringement on the First Amendment rights yes. of people of non-faith. Yes, Athena. Yeah, so good for her. Just pointing that out. Well, that's Do you want cool. to talk about the Southern Baptists because they had a week. Yeah, they sure did. Again. Yep, yep, yep. Let's so get into it. Southern Baptists are the same people. We talked about Paige Patterson, who was a former head of the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm-hmm. This is the guy that, like, gave sermons where he's sexualizing an underage girl. Right. Where he, oh, I forgot what was the thing he uh, said. He basically was talking about seeing 12-year-old girls walk by and turned into the cartoon wolf with like the uh, yeah. eyes popping out of his head and like the tongue rolling out and going, Oh, right. and he ran a seminary and like, <laughs> there were stories that people came to him saying I was abused in this seminary mm-hmm. and he basically just 
swept that one under the rug. He yeah. didn't do anything about it. No. And that was one dude. And color me surprised. There are more of these douche yeah. nozzles. So this is the result of a six-month-long investigation from the Houston Chronicle and the San Antonio Express News. And what they found was that over the past decade that they started looking into all of these Southern Baptist churches, mm-hmm. they found more than 250 staffers or volunteers that were charged with sex crimes, that's their quotation, mm-hmm. against more than 700 victims. Mm-hmm. And those are just the ones they found right. and compiled in a database. So these are people who are still working after having been accused of doing things mm-hmm. or charged with doing things. And Southern Baptist pastors did jack yeah. about it. I mean, they hired them. Right. And That's the problem. Yeah, and I think it's important to be clear, like, out of these 250 people, 220 were either convicted or t- or took plea deals. So this is not like, they're not fighting these in court. Right, these, these are, are not just allegations. Right, right, right. These, are, these have gone through the... the process system yeah and by the way there are like forty-seven thousand, i believe southern baptist churches Mm -hmm. but like 250 right now it's this isn't like the catholic church where it happened decades and decades and decades ago and now they're reckoning with it right this is stuff that happened recently relatively recently last 20 years since 1998 is what i saw yeah and so here's now here's the issue as this report came out the question is is not just like what the hell's going on there because mm-hmm. again the southern baptists are very much a church known for subjugating women for tre- saying yeah you're separate but equal right. you have separate uh, godly defined roles right. that suggest we shouldn't take you seriously when you come to mm-hmm. us with accusations of abuse mm-hmm. um and also when you have a system like that who wants a job in that type of place? It's the type of people who would be predators. Right. So, like, they're attracting the worst mm-hmm. human beings. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions is, okay, one, you're like the Catholic Church, aren't you? But there is a key difference here. And this is what the Southern Baptist people, because all the leaders, the guy who's in charge now, J.D. Greer, mm-hmm. they're like, so what are you going to do about this? And they're all like, well, it's horrible what happened. Of course we want to stop it. Here's the difference between the Catholic Church and what these people are doing. The Catholic Church, we can all say, like, the Pope isn't doing enough. These bishops aren't using their power to get rid of anyone accused um, or temporarily getting rid of them while an investigation takes place. The Catholic Church could do that. Mm-hmm. The problem with the Southern Baptist Convention is that there, it's not necessarily a top-down structure. The guy at the top doesn't say, here's how all several thousand of these churches, right. here's how you need to handle this. Right. They're independent, but they're part of a larger system. Mm-hmm. So the problem is they can't say, hey, all of you churches, here are the new rules for who you can hire, who mm-hmm. you can't. So they're kind of like, a wow, that's an awful thing that happened in our churches. What do you want me to do about it? I can't right. do anything about well, it. Well, And an- another interesting difference is that they're American churches, almost all of these, right? So uh-huh. like we're not dealing with something like the Catholic Church, which is global like it is mm. a global situation it's a global conspiracy this is very much based in you know the southern united states which i think is, is all over the u.s but yeah a lot of southern literally southern yeah, lither- yeah. yeah. I, and i just think that's an interesting sort of difference because they don't have that top-down authority nor do they have ways to like shuttle people out of the country and right. into like wherever else we talked about like we've talked about this before the catholic church is now 
different dioceses are saying, mm-hmm. here's the list of everyone who's been hired by us or worked for us over the past several decades who has been credibly accused. Here's the list. Mm-hmm. And those keep coming out in different cities. The Southern Baptists don't have a database of this stuff. They don't oh, keep a database yeah. because, again, eh, it's an independent church. We don't sure. tell it what to do. It doesn't give us information on all this stuff. So the, actually, the reporters who worked on this, they're like, well, we now have a database and we're posting this because mm-hmm. this stuff is public. Like you said, they went through the judicial ringer. We know who they are, so we're posting the list. And the response from the Southern Baptist leaders is like, okay, I mean, you should post that. That's fine. Right. Which is the right response, but also, why did it take reporters to right. put that together and why aren't the Southern Baptists doing a better job of even if you can't dictate what they're doing, why aren't you getting this information right. or working harder than the reporters? This isn't even their job. Right. You guys have one job to control like what control goes on. Control your people and you're not even doing that. So it's just another religious structure that... That is... Uh, providing safe harbor for abusers and discarding their victims. Yeah. And we've heard too many stories of victims who said, I went through what my church said would have been the process Mm -hmm. and it got me nowhere. Right. And so finally they had to get secular people. Like they had to get law enforcement involved Mm -hmm. when they could, because it's not like their church leaders were going to take care of it. By the way, the, in 2008, this was in the story uh, the first part of the three that they posted, one of the victims who said that her pastor, uh, I'm quoting here, left her pregnant. Mm-hmm. He was a married man more than a dozen years older than her. Um, at 18, she was impregnated. She actually went to the Southern Baptist Convention like annual meeting mm-hmm. in 2008, and she asked them, keep a database of sexual predators and the actions Um, that you are taking against the churches that harbor or conceal these people. Mm -hmm. Um, She asked them to adopt that policy. They rejected that policy reform. Sure. What's in it for them? So can you you explain the relation of the Southern Baptist Church to the Southern Baptist Convention? Southern Baptist Convention is Is the denomination. Like, that's the Catholic Church, quote-unquote. And you have these Southern Baptist churches... uh, the convention is just kind of the overarching name okay. they call it. So they have Southern Baptist so schools. Is they there have Southern Baptist. sort of a is there kind of a hierarchy to it? Because I know there is like a leaders. leader. Yeah, it, it's but it's not like each individual church is beholden to that leader, or are they? Um, not to the guy at the top. He's okay. like the CEO of the organization because someone's got to take care of like policy issues mm-hmm. and any of that stuff. Someone's got to decide their what. Here's what you can preach: doctrinal stuff managing all these churches because the Southern Baptist Convention gets a cut, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, from all these churches. Like, they have a manager in charge of it, but it's not the Pope. He's not a guy sent by God to say, here's what God told me to tell you. It's not that Yeah, He's not infallible. He's elected. (laughs) Like, they vote on this guy every year. Um, So it's a new one now in charge since last year. But again, this is a church that has been through uh, racial issues and they've had to reconcile with their racial history, their racist history. They've had to deal with the sexism issue too, mm-hmm. but that's been going on forever. And that's not isolated to this particular no, it's church. Not. And now they got to deal with, oh, these particular brand of churches mm-hmm. uh, is harboring all these uh, predators. And by the way, the, here's how this can stop. Because again, and it's the same thing we could say about the Catholic church. You cannot expect the people in charge 
to take care of this stuff because they haven't. They're, they've they don't, proven they won't. They've proven they won't. What can happen is that the people who attend these churches have to either stop going or stop giving money mm-hmm. because that's how this... If all the people who actually gave a shit about any of this walked away, I'm not asking them to stop believing in God or even that specific brand of God, yeah. but if they stopped giving money to these churches, you would see them change what they are doing in a heartbeat. It's kind of like the walkouts and the strikes and right. stuff. If you did it, then they would be forced to change. But not enough Southern Baptists care about yeah, these victims. I, I they don't, don't care about this stuff. It's not going to happen. I don't see that happening. And 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 not just because of the, like, you know, you, you likened it to strikes, which isn't wrong, but, like, nobody thinks that their principal is, like, speaking on behalf of God, whereas they think their ministers are. Plus, I would imagine, and this is, this is just me guessing, but I would imagine that it's very similar to how... Um, like Congress as a whole has a really shitty approval rate, but they're your Congress but your person. Congress person it keeps getting elected, right? Because right, right. it's not your Congress. Like my pastor's right. great, my church is awesome. Right. I don't know what the rest of these people are doing, but that's what everyone is saying. Exactly, so and it's not just about your church is okay and the one next to you is right. not. It's a systemic problem. If you believe in this theology, mm-hmm. you are more likely to make it harder for women right. to speak up. You're making it easier for abusers to get close to these people. I mean, I think short of a like federal investigation into it, I do not right. see it changing. And, and maybe this is what needed to happen. Maybe laying it all out is the first step, which I mean, God, this happened to the Catholic Church almost 20 years ago, and we're still dealing, like things are still mm-hmm. coming to light. So, I don't hold a lot of optimism, but I don't know. Maybe something will change. There is one I just wanted to point yeah. out that's particularly grim. Um, there is a uh, a Houston preacher who sexually assaulted a teenager, and he's now the principal officer of a Houston nonprofit that works with student organizations. Guess what that organization's name is? Hmm. Touching the future today. Yeah. So not no only no one thought that one through. Not only are they monsters, but they're oblivious. Their branding monsters. game is not very good. All the money it's in the world, just, they can't hire someone to do advertising. For I mean, them. it's like the GOP. Like nobody who's good at graphic design or marketing <laughs> wants to work for these knobs. Um, yeah, oh. that's all. I got one more. Uh, str- no, I got a couple of these. But here's another straight up political one that I don't think you've heard yet because it just. I just got wind of it, and I don't think it's been reported. You don't know my life. So it's fun. I know your life. So <laughs> in Nebraska, there is there's uh, State Senator Steve Erdman. He introduced a bill last month, LB73, and it's one of those bills that would put in God We Trust, like a sign that says in God We Trust, in public schools or classrooms across the state. Um, so, okay, that happened. It's been happening a lot. It's part of a plan called Project Blitz, which is this Christian nationalist movement to get this legislation. I will never not shake my head when you say Project Blitz. Yeah. So here's what's weird about this. This is what I heard a month ago. When this guy introduced the bill, there are reporters, critics were all like, why are you, you're trying to push God into the public schools. <laughs> uh-huh. And his response was, I'm quoting, has nothing to do with religion. Yeah, fucking prove him wrong, haven't <laughs> His argument is that, no, 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 this is all about patriotism. Mm-hmm. All right, we've heard that before. Here's what I hadn't heard. They had a hearing for this bill a couple of weeks ago, okay. and I heard nothing about it because they didn't take any votes, so it wasn't on my radar. Okay. But 
I watched part of the video of that hearing, and here's what happens in it. The guy who's the chairperson of the state's education committee, and this is Nebraska, there's only the unicameral legislature, there's only the one group. He's the chairperson of it. He's a Republican. Uh, State Senator Mike Graney, G-R-O-E-N-E, he was holding the hearing on this bill, and they had a bunch of witnesses, some mm-hmm. saying, speaking out in favor of the bill, a lot of them speaking against it, and they're all hearing them, and then eventually they're going to vote on this. And one of the people who is speaking out against the In God We Trust bill mm-hmm. is a veteran. Mm-hmm. He was an atheist. Mm-hmm. His name is Thomas Gray. And he just gave a typical, like, here's why it's a bad idea. Very respectful and kind in how he did it. He just kind of rhetorically asked the people on the committee, which God do you want me and my kids to trust in when you say In huh. God We Trust? And also he asked them, do you think I'm a good person? <gasps> Because I'm an atheist and I'm a veteran and I do all the following things for my community. So I don't need God Uh to do these things. So like, am I a good person? They didn't answer his rhetorical question, surprisingly. But at one point in this, after he's kind of done giving his written statement, Grainy, I'll call him Grainy, here's the speech he makes. We're going to, I'm going to read you what he says. Stop me when you want to comment. All right. Are you going to say, okay, stop? Yeah. Okay. So here's what Grainy says in response to Thomas Gray, the atheist veteran. Uh Uh-huh. I don't understand atheists, why they wouldn't embrace religion. Oh, stop. Yes. Huh? Wait, wait, wait. Embrace religion? Yeah, why wouldn't you embrace religion? Keep going. He goes on. It's been called the great pacifier of man. Wait, wait, stop. That is a phrase. It is a phrase, but isn't it supposed to be like like pejorative phrase, like it shuts people up. You see where this is going. Oh my God, I'm so happy. It's been called the great pacifier of men to keep them in line, the fear of God. You keep people in line because they fear the afterlife. They don't want to harm you because one of the tenets is if they harm you, they end up in hell. Uh, what? I'm going to stop because I see the look on your face. This is what the Republican pro-God we trust dude is saying to the atheist. Like, don't you want the signs? It keeps people in line. Like, religion is a good thing because everyone's scared of going to hell. Oh, my God. Thomas Gray, being the nice guy that he is, is like, well, we agree, (sighs) I think, Senator, that religion. But then he gets cut off and Grainy continues. Oh. So why wouldn't the atheists promote religion? I mean, they're smarter than everybody. What? Wait. Okay, first of all, yeah. Second of all, what? If there's no God, why wouldn't you promote it? Because it protects you. Your your neighbors will not harm you because they know the afterlife will not exist for them where they want to go. If they harm you, they slander you. They lie about you. They murder you. Wouldn't you promote religion in a society because it protects you? Okay. I'm not done yet, but oh yes. Oh, God. I have a lot yes. of thoughts. First uh, of hold all... Hold the thought for a second. Ugh. I'll finish this. I'm almost done. The tenets of the Christian religion and Islam and Buddhists preach to accept others, to not oh, harm them. Oh, now he's them. pro-Islam. Cool. Yeah. I would think you guys would be big cheerleaders for religion. Done. Um... Okay. Wow. So many thoughts to try to line up. Um, So he's... Oh my God, what is he talking about? So his entire argument... His entire argument is putting in God we trust in every classroom or public school is, if you have it, 
it'll get people too scared of hell and then they'll act good. Because no religious person has ever done anything bad. Obviously, no one's ever done anything mm. bad when they believe in God. Sure, and sure, so sure, sure. wouldn't atheists be cool with what they would call lying to everybody uh-huh. if it keeps everyone in line? Isn't that a good thing? Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Um, well, I mean, his premise is wrong. So is it even worth <laughs> is it even worth digging into like why it's really problematic? And actually, I'm kind of shocked that he is like all of a sudden like cool with Islam. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. is the one place he's cool with it because being pro Islam in this case means he gets to put in Christian God we trust signs everywhere because it's not in Allah we trust. You know that. So, so okay, <laughs> I just want to take a moment. Yes. And say to our listeners, yes, who's this guy who's talking? He's the he's the uh, chair of the education committee in Nebraska, state okay. senator so this Mike. This guy's Graney. a state senator. This dude is a state senator. Yeah, run for office, dude. You clearly don't need like two brain cells to rub together to get into office. I didn't even get to the dumbest thing he said. That's so weird because everything he said is pretty <laughs> fucking dumb. Imagine being Thomas Gray here, the atheist, hearing all this right. and being like, you've got to be shitting me, this guy. Because what do you say? Yeah. Here's what he said. Because, again, he's nicer than us. Well. Well, <laughs> so Grainy is like, I would think you guys would be big cheerleaders for religion. Uh-huh. Thomas Gray says, well, in as much as religions have humanist principles that they follow I agree, like, that we we support the good parts of religion is what he's saying. Grainy responds, humanist, is that evolution? Evolution says the strongest survives. No, it doesn't. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Super doesn't. And here's Gray's response. I'm afraid I don't have time (laughs) (laughs) to, I mean, I'd be happy to, but I'd like to. We'll let somebody else come up and make their comments, unquote. Bless his <laughs> right. heart. Oh, my God. So oh this guy's like Christ. not only saying let's put up the God signs because it keeps dummies like me in line. Right. <laughs> He's saying, oh, you're a humanist. Doesn't that mean you think you should just kill everyone who's like lesser than you? Yeah, it's a pretty epic cell phone. Oh, my so God. So I'm pretty into Apparently, it. Apparently, if it wasn't for God, the state senator would be out raping and murdering everybody because he's a horrible human being. People say that all the time and brag about it. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? It's that is wow. Oh my god. And the fact that he said the evolution line, like he dropped the mic right there, like, oh, you're one oh, you of those people. Oh, you mean survival people. of the strongest? Like, <laughs> dude, it's a well survival of the fittest is a really well known phrase. Like, this guy, oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, so uh, the bill it's has so- not been voted on yet, by the way. <sighs> and I don't know how it's going to go necessarily. But seriously, if you live in Nebraska, call your people, your state senators, and just get them to vote against this. Because, like, even the defenders of the bill right. have to resort to the shittiest, most contortionist versions of in order to defend it. Because they can't just come out and say, we just want to shove God down the kids' throats. It's- so they're like, no, it's about patriotism. Or it's about keeping kids in line. Because lying is the only way to get kids to do the right thing. Because that's how little faith they have in kids. That's buck wild. So Nebraska for you. Cool, Nebraska. Yeah. Nice, nice work as usual. Yes. Um, I've got a funny story. Oh, do you now? Um, Funny is it? 
a tricky term to use. I was told this um, morning, can you please stop posting disappointing stories to which I'm like, Follow no. somebody else. <laughs> like, this is all we have. Yes. Pessimism um, is all I have to offer you. You're welcome. <laughs> so um, on a Sunday morning Fox News show, um, they were coming back, they were thrown back from a commercial break. And it's the three hosts. There's like the two generic white dudes and then the one gorgeous blonde woman in the middle mm-hmm. sitting, sitting in a skirt on a couch with nothing in front of her, which makes me so uncomfortable for her. <laughs> I, I literally cannot watch them. What is the point of that shit? Anyway, um, so she was like jokingly um, jibing her co-host, uh, Pete Hegseth. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, making fun of him for eating day-old pizza that had been sitting under the couch, which, yikes, on bikes, but that's fine. And he he somehow spins that into making himself look like a bigger idiot, which is impressive. He says, quote, my resolution for 2019 is to say things on air that I say off air. I don't think I've washed... This is apropos of fucking nothing, by the way. (laughs) I don't think I've washed my hands for 10 years. Really, I don't wash my hands ever. And his (laughs) co-hosts are like... We're on this fucking couch with you. What are you talking about right now? He says, I inoculate myself. Germs are not a real thing. I can't see them. Therefore, they're not real. Now, I've <laughs> read this quote so many times and I made Germs myself... Germs are not a real thing because I can't see them. I made myself watch the video because I was like, this is... But, like, this is somebody pulling my leg. Like, right. it is... We're, or we're, he said it jokingly, maybe. Right. Like, I feel like we're living in, like, a post-satirical... America. <laughs> no, he super said it really earnestly. Yeah. And he like showed his hands to the camera like, look how clean these motherfuckers are. <laughs> like, you know what else we can't see? His brain must oh, not be real. Easy joke. Nice dunk. You're, yes. Um, anyway, and I really liked his co-host who was like, hey guys, go ahead and at him on Twitter. <laughs> I want to hear what you have to say about this. I think Samantha B had a video segment of Donald Trump shaking Hexet's hand repeatedly. She's like, <laughs> The germaphobe, germaphobe Trump. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, so, my God. I'm so glad. It's okay to wash I your wash. hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There like, are germs. And he bragged about it. And I really think, I think it's interesting because he says he inoculated himself. So he gets the idea of, like, what viruses and germs So that means he goes to the are. bathroom, comes back for a segment. Oh, he touches his thingy. Oh! oh. I hate it. This is what happens when you don't like science. <laughs> I mean, it's the right. It's the natural conclusion of like I hate to slippery slope shit, but like if you don't want to believe in like science or vaccines, then like yeah, science is also telling you about germs. Like climate change denial down to I don't need to wash my hands after non-believers taking a dump. in germ theory. Like. <laughs> Aye, aye, uh, aye, now, aye. lucky for God, it us, makes we're me... not shaking hands with Fox News hosts. Right. They, so. We've not been asked. Um, yeah. It makes me think of like those old... Have you ever seen like The Nick or one of those old like medical shows that takes place pre-germ oh, back theory? In the day, yeah. And it's just like they're doing surgery with their bare <laughs> hands and their fucking white coats are covered in blood. Because back in the day, it used to be like, I'm a really good doctor. You can tell by all the blood on my coat. Mm-hmm. And so Next it's just patient. fucking... Let's disc- go. Just their hands up in their <laughs> intestines. Like this is this is the future conservatives want. (laughs) Nick, (laughs) can somebody make a meme of that? Of like, what's his face? The lead with his like gross, dirty hands. Hegseth, yeah. And just say, no, no, no. 
Yeah, the guy from the Nick oh. who's like dressed up as like yes. an 1800s doctor and just says this is the future conservatives want. Nice. I would be really happy about that, actually. You should cross-stitch that. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to. That uh, sounds awful, frankly. <laughs> here Gross. is a there is a theo- self-proclaimed theologian. At least that's his description on Twitter. Uh, named Seth Dunn, and he's a complementarian, which is basically, it's a Christian view that says men and women are equal in the eyes of God, and by equal, we mean women can only do a handful of things, like clean the house, while men can be ministers and all that sort of stuff. How fucking clean is it? Oh, it's super clean. So here's Seth Dunn on Twitter. Because he said the reason all those Southern Baptists were going through the sexual abuse scandal, mm-hmm. it wasn't because of a lack of accountability or because women were, you know, wearing shoulder straps because they're sluts. Sure. He said that the real problem with churches is that they permit female pastors. Oh. And here's how he wait, said the it. the female pastors are the ones committing sexual assault? Uh, no. Oh, They just okay. allow might, them, and I that's a slippery slope then. to everything horrible. Here's how he said this on Twitter, though, because, you know, Twitter will just make it worse. Uh-huh. I submit yep. that a woman who claims to be a pastor is, parentheses, theologically, uh- just as bad as a sex offender who is hired as a pastor. Hey, Jaime, can we just move on from this story? I don't think my little brain can handle anymore. <laughs> Fuck All right, him. Let's talk about something happy. I don't want, I literally do not want to hear another word from that asshole's mouth. Let's talk about Covington Catholic, the MAGA hat wearing boys from oh, that Oh, what happened thing. to them? I will tell you what happened to them. So remember, this is the, the group that wore their hats. They hit the Native American confrontation. Uh-huh. And then everyone was like, no, don't trust the picture you see in front of you. Yeah, let's that make... That guy doesn't really have a smirk on his face. Let's give these boys all of the media exposure we can possibly imagine yeah. for them. Right. So, so since that happened a month ago, uh, Covington Catholic High School and the archdiocese that includes Covington, mm-hmm. have been basically trying to say, how do we spin this? How do we not be the bad guys in all of this? I would argue the best way to do it is like to fade into oblivion as quickly yeah. as possible. Yeah, but. they're not doing that. Uh, but they did commission a report from a third-party investigator, which is what you want to do, except the people they hired are known for like uh, tax fraud. <laughs> <laughs> That's the investigators they hired. But the investigators paid for by, I can only assume, Covington Catholic and the diocese, right. uh, they finally issued their report. Oh. And the Bated report breath, the report says, there is no evidence whatsoever of, quote, racist or offensive statements made by the boys. Basically, what they said is, we watched all the videos on YouTube. We talked to the chaperones and everyone involved in this story except for the kid who was smirking he wouldn't talk to us uh-huh. and except for nathan phillips the native american he wouldn't talk uh-huh. to well, us they're not central and except story. for the women who said these guys made like rape jokes at me yeah, they, they wouldn't talk to us they yelled it's not rape but, if you like it which is cool but we talked to the other boys and mm-hmm. the chaperones mm-hmm. and they all said nothing bad happened and then we watched videos and like i'm gonna quote this because it's kind of the funniest saddest part of the whole thing they uh, oh, my God, I got to have this quotation somewhere. Um, they basically said they're... I'm not going to get the quotation. They said that there was... Vamp? You could Please. My name is Jessica, Thank and you. I'm here to say... Thank you. No, so I think... I, no. They I, said... Did you find it? Yeah. Damn it, I actually had a thought. No, Fine. You, no. I did! How dare you? <laughs> they said that there was nothing racist, but the students did perform a tomahawk chop... 
You know, the classic non-racist gesture. Right. Jesus Christ. So basically, they they're like, fuck. look, they, they were told by the chaperones, hey, those uh, Hebrew Israelites, the black Hebrew Israelites, mm-hmm. don't say anything to them or you'll get detention. That was heard on the video, which is nice, I guess. Sure. Um, they, didn't, they didn't make any suggestions about how you handle this moving forward, uh-huh. I think, because that was outside the scope of the, what they were told to do. But they basically said, look, we examined the videos. We didn't see the people, like, beating up the Native American. They didn't slander him on sure. video. They just made the offensive gestures and mm-hmm. wore the hats mm-hmm. and spent the entire day at a rally telling women to give birth against their will. Mm-hmm. But besides that, they didn't do anything did wrong. nothing wrong. Yeah. So that's what the report says. And <sighs> cool, apparently, we, my, the weirdest... In addition to all that, the weirdest part about all of this, I mean, it's not surprising that the church is totally fine with all this. Uh Like, they're so happy to get this report. Mm -hmm. Um, But the bishop of Covington, his name is Roger Foyes, he made a statement that basically said he treated these kids as passive victims of like a worldwide lynch mob. Mm -hmm. But he went so far as to say what this report shows is that the kids' actions that day were, quote, expected, I think he meant given the circumstances, they were expected, and one might even say laudatory. Those kids deserve to be praised for apparently the tomahawk chop and the grinning like an idiot in front of that dude's face and not just walking away. And the chaperones were great, even though they didn't say, you know what, let's just move away from all this. Like, nope, they were all in the right. Everyone else was the enemy. It's almost like young white men in this country aren't held responsible for their actions. I can't believe the Catholic Church conducted a totally thorough investigation and expect everyone to believe that we should just accept the results of it. Sure. I mean, if they investigated it, I have no reason to not believe (laughs) the Catholic Church on anything. Right. So so I guess the Covington Catholic case (laughs) is just closed now because nothing bad ever happened. I did have one I wanted to run by you because... I wasn't sure what to make of this. I just know it felt wrong. <laughs> okay. All right, here's the story. There is, uh, in Alabama, there's a university, Samford University. It's a Christian school. It's a, I believe, private Christian school. And they have a variety show. And this is like their big event for the year. Like a lot of students participate in this. A lot of students see the show. University level? Yeah. Um, And so there's singing, there's dancing, whatever. And there are some female groups that sing on stage. And apparently the school sent a message to women that all female student groups, I'm sorry, all dash female, like all female student Mm -hmm. groups have to bind their breasts on stage so they could use ace bandages. They could wear two or three bras to prevent any noticeable movement of breasts during their performances. Oh, and you, this didn't feel right to you, it, Emmett? Something felt off about something it? Something felt... Can you... Is there... I, I'll let you go off, because I don't know what to say about this, but um, the, the reason we even know about this is because Britt Blaylock, who is the founder of Safe Samford, which is kind of one of the, I've graduated, I went there, they have issues, uh-huh. I'm going to try to address these issues even from a Christian standing. She's the one who said this happened, uh-huh. and the school didn't deny it. Um, but this is what they said. Bind your that breasts so is... no one sees them moving. These were not strip teases they were doing. 
they were like singing, wearing what I assume is probably modest clothing, or they were dancing, in which case they were wearing appropriate dance clothing. But apparently if you're moving, it's like a gymnast being told you need to just cover yourself up so your breasts don't move when you're flipping and doing all this stuff. that is so... It's wildly inappropriate on a few levels. The first of which is like, if they want to set dress codes, that's one thing. But it is quite another to police somebody's undergarments. Also, it's another situation of women being told that their body and what their body does and looks like and is shaped like is a distraction, presumably because they're distracting men, right? Like, yeah. why else would they say what would they... Did they use the word jiggling? Uh, Movement? Th- that was... I will look for okay. it. Okay. Um, These were from Britt Blaylock, paraphrasing what they said. Here's what the school said in response, because uh, they didn't deny it. Uh, a person who works at Stanford as on their staff administration basically said the profet- they were live streaming the the show and she said the professional lighting and high definition video used in this year's production created issues with costumes that were addressed in order to ensure that none of our students were embarrassed or singled out by what the lights could show it was for the kids sake it was so, for the performer's sake I that mean, they had to wear three bras. Okay, so order. this kind of makes it worse because they were addressing what I think is a legitimate concern. Like, that's definitely been a thing of, like, you wear a thing on stage and, like, holy shit, it's completely sheer. I didn't mm. realize that. That's a real thing that, like, has happened to me personally, mm-hmm. like, when, when I was in high school and, like, super cool with my body and regular if people saw it. Like, I coach public speaking, and this is one of the things we tell some of the kids, too. It's like, look, you don't want to wear anything too revealing, mm-hmm. but, like, there's tasteful ways of handling it. It's more like, I want you to be comfortable, but I also want to make sure you understand if we're seeing something that you don't know we're th- seeing. That's exactly what I'm saying. Is, like, it's not even that's about, a problem. Like, being, you don't want re- that to happen. being revealing. Like, this, I'm wearing, like, a really shitty, like, athletic long sleeve yeah. shirt, and I'm sure if you put me under lights, you could, you could see straight through it because it's a garbage shirt. Like, mm-hmm. But I would not, like, 20 years ago, I would not think anything of going out on stage and, like, wearing this. And I'm sure you could see straight through it. So, like, it is not to say that there aren't legitimate concerns regarding people who are not used to being on stage and under stage lights and on camera. That is not That's not weird, necessarily. the fact that they singled out women's breasts is A, fucked, and B, gross. Like, imagine if there was, like... A chubby guy or a girl on stage singing. Yeah, they did not tell chubby guys. And say, guys. like, can you, like, go ahead and <laughs> bind your tummy or, like, wear a little corset? You can wear you can wear two or three corsets or multiple spangs, but just be aware your tummy's going to be a-jiggling. <laughs> like, it's so inappropriate. Like, you, what you do in this situation is lay out the facts. Hey, guys, stage lights are fucking bright. We're using HD cameras. If you like, if you think your shirt might be more sheer than you think, like let's do a test run and make sure you're comfortable with how you right. look on stage and you're consenting to look the way you are looking on stage. Like, it, oh my god, what the, the funniest fuck thing, is wrong with people? My what I was taken aback by was like, we're doing this because we're live streaming this and we have really professional cameras on you. It's like, dude, who is watching the live stream of the college talent show? To catch maybe a glimpse of a woman's body. Have you heard of the rest of the internet? Yeah, and also, like, if anybody's live streaming, they're streaming it on, like, a four-inch square on their computer. <laughs> it's not like somebody's, like, projecting it into, like, a fucking not on the movie IMAX theater. theater yeah. Christ. So, 
Um, I've got two more things. Yes. Do you have anything else? Sure. Um, whatever you want. Whatever I want. Okay, so we're going to talk about abortion. Yay. Yay. I'm stretching beforehand because I have to limber up. So um, this past Sunday, the uh, 10th, February 10th, there was a an arson at a Planned Parenthood. Um, this is the Columbia Health Center in Kansas, in uh, Columbia, Missouri. Um, it happened at 4.05 a.m. We don't know who did it as of this recording, and it's Thursday at like 1.30. Mm-hmm. So we don't know who did it, but it's being investigated. Um, so this kind of is a... It, it's being, Excuse me, I want to be clear. It's being investigated as a hate crime, um, which it should be, and I hope they continue to follow that lead. Um, this particular Planned Parenthood, due to Missouri laws... Um, doesn't even provide abortions. And presumably that's why people firebomb Planned Parenthood. Yeah, why would you go after Planned Parenthood? Because you think there's abortions going on and you're trying to save the babies that don't exist. You're not really mad about pap smears. Like, what you're mad about is... They do cancer screenings at that particular clinic. So apparently this guy has a big problem with cancer screenings. any... Any Planned Parenthood, whether or not it provides, it does abortion service, is going to do cancer screenings. It's going to do pap smears, which are, I They're going to do healthcare. They're going to do healthcare. They're going <laughs> to give you birth control. They're going to do STD testing. It's stuff that, like, I would argue we should be pro. So as apparently a he's so pro life, he wants, like, tumors and cancers yeah, to live. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so anyway, because. I t- think if I had it right in Missouri. Right now, there is literally only one Correct. clinic that provides abortions. Yeah. Um, and they're s- trying to legislate that one out of existence. New state regula- regulations took effect last year requiring abortion doctors to have admitting physician privileges at nearby hospitals. Even though they don't need to. Do not need to. Finding a doctor with those privileges become more difficult um, after the University of Missouri Hospital in Columbia stopped offering these privileges in 2015. Um, Planned Parenthood has been trying to... Uh, f- fight for a legal exemption to these requirements. Um, So there's one in Missouri, and that's in St. Louis. Um, So, and to to be clear, when when they say people need to have admitting privileges, these are are trap laws. These are laws that are intending on shutting down clinics by setting unreasonable expectations that are feigning concern for the the woman. So it's things like so it's things like admitting privileges to to hospitals, which is not a thing I super understand. But everywhere I've looked, said it's not a thing that that needs to be done. And sim- places that offer similar, I, I think I I think I've heard like uh, getting your um, wisdom teeth out or something is similarly a surgical procedure. You don't need to be able to admit to the hospital. I hope that's right. That might not be right. But so anyway. So here's the question but, I have about this. Let's say this goes on. Let's say it is found to be a hate crime. The person did it because they thought they were blowing up an abortion facility. It just didn't work. I think if I have the story right, like the sprinkler system at the point oh, yeah, where got rid of the fire yeah, be- and no one was inside. The firefighters got there. So the issue was the action Mm-hmm. Not the consequences of it, thankfully. Correct. Okay, let's say that was the case. Yeah. What do you think the anti-abortion side says about this? They what they always say: it's worth it to save the lives of X, Y, Z unborn babies or whatever. That's always what it is. Even if they actually outright kill a human adult, that is a sacrifice that is worth making. They won't say that though. So what are they going to say? 
Because they won't say, yeah, we're glad the people died or we're glad the facility was no, burned up. They that, won't... Is, that is a, a calculated risk that they take. I don't think they will care that the building almost burned down because no one was in it or something. But they won't really make a big deal of it. They'll try to downplay the seriousness. That's where I'm getting to. Like, that's what I'm afraid that they're going to do because they, they know they can't. Uh, just say, yeah, we're glad he tried to do it. Sorry, he failed. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what they would just say is like, we're glad no one was hurt, but like that guy doesn't represent us. He's an extremist. We're right. the good people who try to force women to give birth against their will. Yeah, all we do is harass women outside of of clinics. Um, but but anyway, so I want to kind of tie this into what's been going on um in the last couple weeks, uh, specifically since. At least since Kavanaugh uh, got appointed, since the State of the Union happened, um, <clears throat> the new talking point are, is third third trimester abortion, abortions or late term abortions. Mm-hmm. And if you've been on the internet, you have definitely seen something about that. Um, and I would challenge anybody who is anti-choice for whatever reason to read a story of a woman who had to have an abortion her later in her pregnancy. And I guarantee you, it is not. She woke up one day and was like, ugh, I hate being pregnant. I'm going to not be pregnant anymore today. Um, And so Trump obviously is an idiot. Uh, He recently was at a rally in El Paso, Texas. This is um, Monday. Um, So Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, who is by no means our our shining leader on the hill for the Democratic Party, he's under fire for some racist shit, um, and rightly so, but... Um, Trump accused him of supporting infanticide. Um, what Trump said the following, and the fact that people don't dismiss this on his face is absurd and is so typical of this sort of like post fact check America. The governor stated, this is Trump, the governor stated that he would even allow a newborn baby to come out into the world and wrap the baby, make the baby comfortable, and then talk to the mother and talk to the father and then execute the baby. That sounds like Trump. Yep. That's what he would say about it. That doesn't sound like reality. No, it doesn't. No, that's not how abortions work. That's not what the pro-choice uh, side ever says, even behind closed doors. Right. Um, I promise you I've never been to a gathering where we're like, all right, after the baby's been weighed, uh-huh. we'll throw it put against it in the a, wall. Put it in a blanket first. Right. To make it to comfortable. Sure. You know. Ugh. Um, so apparently, so the root of what he was saying is when um, somebody, uh, do, 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 essentially somebody asked um, uh, Kathy Tran, who is the sponsor of this bill that they were trying to pass in Virginia, she was asked in a committee hearing if the bill would allow an abortion when a woman was showing signs of labor. And she, uh, uh, Kathy Tran said she would. She later said she misspoke. She said, I, what I should have said was clearly no because infanticide is not allowed in Virginia. What would have happened, what would have happened in that moment would be a live birth. Um, and then Northam backed her up and said, this is why, deci- this is why decisions such as, the, as this should be made by providers, physicians, and the mothers and fathers involved. When we talk about third trimester abortions, it's done in cases where there may be very severe deformities. There may be a fetus that's non-viable. If a mother is in, la- in labor, I can tell you exactly what would happen. The infant would be delivered. Her infant would be kept comfortable. The infant would be 
uh, resuscitated, and that's what the mother and family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. I, I just... There's a very angry so dog somewhere. Mad about He's this. mad about Trump's it's comments, a she. too. How dare you? Daddy, come! Thank you. Um, anyway, it's just like this sort of dumbing down of medical care is really detrimental, and um, I'm frankly scared. And thankfully, a bill was recently struck down to um, fuck up some Louisiana abortion rights, and. <sighs> Kavanaugh did exactly what we all expected him right. to to do and wrote the dissent. And yeah, I heard all these people praising John Roberts for siding with the liberals, saying, like, you can't put this law into effect that would limit the clinics that are in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. But it's like he's he can totally do that right now because he knows there's another bill in the pipeline that could easily get rid of abortion rights yeah. federally at the federal level. So, like, don't. Don't count on John Roberts to do the legwork. That's like counting on Susan Collins to like vote just, the right way. It's not to gonna say, last. Susan Collins was either duped or is a liar. She was like, "There is no Judge Kavanaugh assured me that he would <laughs> never do anything to limit right right to rep- reproductive care." Yeah, and like the fact that she. I don't know if she believed him. I really don't. I don't know if she just wanted to get no, in the way. I don't think she cares about the issue. I don't think she cares either. But, like, hey, Susan Collins, from the bottom of my heart, fuck you. Yes. Um, Hi, there is a legislator uh, in West Virginia mm-hmm. who somehow still wins the award for, like, worst legislator of the week. Here's so, Have you been listening to the I last know, right? hour? Uh, Eric Porterfield is the guy's name. Uh, last week, I believe... He was trying to explain an anti-gay slur that he used during a committee meeting. Like, he said the word, but, like, he didn't mean it to slam them, whatever. Okay. But then, when he's actually talking, he uses the phrase, uh, the LGBT is the most socialist group in the country. That's not wrong, okay. probably. Okay. <laughs> then he went on, because then the... That's... All right. The a local newspaper said, all right, what's that all about? So he goes on. The LGBTQ is a modern-day version of the Ku Klux Klan. (laughs) He also said the gay community was, quote, a terrorist group, Um, and that he is being persecuted by them for what he said. So here, dude, you said something weird. Do you want to explain yourself? Yes, I meant it even worse than what you heard. Um, And then this... Yeah. Yeah. So is there a version of... If he thinks that... LGBTQ community is like the yes. KKK. Yes. Is he comparing burning crosses to like pride parades? Yeah, the pride parades are like so anti-Christian, uh-huh. I think, that mm-hmm. they're practically burning crosses. They're practically, I mean, every pride parade has a Christian that is set on fire sure. and lit ablaze. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, That's how mm-hmm. it works. Yeah, it's like the end of Burning Man, but with a huge actual man. Yes, wearing a giant cross uh-huh. and praying as it happens. It's literally Jesus they burn every year. It is. They bring him I back. He I can't came back. They caught us. Uh huh. So Eric Porterfield was then interviewed on a local TV station, and basically the question is, so remember when you compared gay people to the KKK? What up with that? Um, Here's the question from the reporter. What would you do if your son or daughter came out as gay? I heard. And here's what he says. Well, I would dress my daughter first as I would take her for a pedicure. I would take her to get her nails done. Apparently, this is going to stop her from being a lesbian. Sure. And then, he said, I would see if she could swim. 
weird grin. So this thumb-looking motherfucker yes. is bragging about how he's going to drown his gay kid. Well, I was debating because... Oh, Hammond, do not play dumb. You know that's exactly oh, No, what I was trying to meant. catch the reference. There was like three ways we could go about this. And by the way, here's what he said. If it was my son, I would probably take him hunting. I would take him fishing because that'll make him a real man. And then I would see if he could swim. And the reporter's like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, I just want to make sure they could swim. Creepy grin. Okay, so a couple thoughts here. What does he mean by this? Yes, he could totally just mean I'm going to drown my kids. There was, there's a reference in the Bible. Real creeper. There's a Bible reference to tying, you know, a millstone around your neck, but it doesn't apply to the kids who sin or something like that. So I didn't think it was that. I thought it was like a Salem witch hunt thing. Like I'm going to see, like if they're really gay, then they'll float. But that's not how it works. No, I think you're overthinking it. I think this (laughs) asshole is going to drown. I think he just wants to kill his children. Yeah. And the reporter, like, tried following up but didn't really follow up because, really, the interview should have ended there and she should have been like, no, seriously, explain what you mean by you want to murder your kids. Um, And, by the way, he's wearing a MAGA hat the whole time he's doing this. Of course he was. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just, that's a... So that's the best of West Virginia Republicans. That's the best they have to offer. Yeah. Um, There you go. I've gotten so many manicures with my best friend who's a lesbian. Do I need to like apologize? Do you think I was, did she think I was trying to turn her straight? I think that's exactly what you were doing. I'm going to text her and her wife. (laughs) I have one last story and I have a good one for you. Oh, good. So do you want to do anything else? Should we go to the happy story for once? Um, no, I've got an unhappy story. Just RQ. Yes. Um, military women report they're being denied access to birth control. Um, a survey of nearly 800 women who are serving or have served in the U.S. military found that 26% of women do not have access to birth control oh. um, when deployed um, for other communities. So uh, 21% of women veterans reported when, back when they uh, were deployed, 41% could not get birth control. They think it's related. Some of them have been cited. Um, sometimes it was... Inability to refill prescriptions far enough in advance, which, while is a legitimate reason, also kind of harkens back to the way we police birth control as if it's, like, this dangerous thing that women are constantly trying to OD on. Like, can you just give me a fucking year's worth of birth control? I do not want to keep going to the pharmacy every (laughs) month. Um, That was college me talking. I have an IUD now, like a grown-up. Congrats. Uh, Thank you. So, um... Now bind your breasts. Yeah, exactly. God, if I could. Um, So General Order 1, it limits alcohol consumption and cohabitation for troops deployed in war zone. And it reinforces, and I'm quoting, good order and discipline. It advocates, advocates and troops say it's an antiquated ban on sex. And women troops said in some cases their doctor cited this order to deny them birth control while deployed. Um, So anyway, that sucks. Women are treated like shit all the time. Surprise. Surprise, surprise. Welcome to America. Go ahead, Hammett. (laughs) Here's the one happy story for you to end this. Yeah. Uh, A couple months ago, uh, a guy named Ethan Lindenberger posted on Reddit Mm -hmm. 
Uh, which is never a good start to a story, but there you go. <laughs> he, here's the, he kind of jokingly probably just like spit it out there. And here's what it said. My parents are kind of stupid and don't believe in vaccines. Now that I'm 18, where do I go to get vaccinated? Can I get, <laughs> can I get vaccinated at my age? Uh-huh. Seriously saying like my parents don't believe in it. They think it's a government scheme. Cool. <laughs> and, but now he's old enough, but he just doesn't know where to even begin. And he's like, God knows, like, what did he say? Like, I don't even know how I'm alive right now. (laughs) God knows how I'm still alive. But I am a senior with a car, a license, and some money of my own. Any advice would be helpful. He got the advice he wanted. And he finally got some vaccines. Um, Like, it's not the best way to do it, to Mm -hmm. not have any and then get them when you're 18. Right. But... He started, uh, and according to a news article about this, he was vaccinated for hepatitis A, B, HPV, and influenza during his first visit to the county health department. He has more vaccinations scheduled for later in the month. Mm -hmm. And what's even more more impressive is the fact that now that he's doing this, because he comes from a family, you'll never believe this, with a lot of siblings. Because the parents who have the worst ideas always seem to have a gajillion kids, too. Yep. And some of his siblings are now rethinking their own stance on vaccines. Oh, so good. they're like, oh, my brother's getting vaccinated. Like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't have it in front of me. I think his mom said something like she dunked on her son, like whatever, he's disobedient. But like she's not stopping him. Oh, my God. Um, but basically, yeah, he defied his parents for the right reasons. Good for him. Yeah. I hope others follow. Um, but seriously, his parents, I wish they would be punished for not vaccinating their kids. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Because um, not only are you putting their lives at risk, you're mm. putting our lives at risk. Right. Uh, so stop it. Yeah, get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Yell at people who don't. They deserve so, it. Yeah. Well, I, cool. I'm good. That was fun. That's <laughs> always a, it's always a joy. It's a really nice way to wrap up my week, Hammond. I'm glad I could depress you. Uh, any good news? Anything good to talk about? State championship coming up this weekend for my team. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. Um, I just got Daddy's DNA oh. thing back, and is it there is... there 23 and Me for dogs? Yeah. Um, is it that, or is it a different company or something? It's not 23 and Me. The one we used is called Wisdom Panel. Okay. Um, which it was a, a, a Christmas present from my, my brother and his fiance. Um, what do we know about Daddy now? Somehow less than I knew before. <laughs> <laughs> so, quite, so this isn't going to mean a lot to you because you don't know anything about dogs. Right. But people who do know, go on my Twitter, Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. There's a gajillion pictures of Dottie. She looks like a 60-pound Jack Russell Terrier. She's got really wiry wiry um, hair and black ears and is mostly white. Um, she is apparently a 25% Staffordshire Terrier, which is like, do you know what a pit bull looks like? Sure. It kind of looks like that. It's not what that looks like. Um, 12.5% Dalmatian, which actually makes sense because she has spots on her skin. Um, 12.5% Lab. And then 50% of the following breed groups. Herding, Companion, Hound, Terrier. That's all the breeds, Hemet. They said she's definitely <laughs> a dog. That is so much more exciting than my 23andMe results, which just said you're Indian? brown. You're yeah, Indian as fuck. It. I didn't even get a second line. <laughs> Wait, it, really? Yeah. <laughs> Were you? It was the most boring DNA result ever. <laughs> it's just like, it? you're I, Indian. There. I kind of want to get mine. Then they laughed at me. Because I'm, supp- <laughs> I'm supposedly half Italian, but I do not look it. And my <laughs> grandmother had some really wild theories about. <laughs> they told me I'm half brown. And then they said, you're also the other half brown. <laughs> Thank you. 
Um, well, cool. Um, if you guys want to email us with questions, concerns, did I say something that annoyed you this week? Email us, <laughs> friendlyatheistpodcast.gmail.com. I read them to my friends. Uh, follow me on Twitter, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E, Hemmons at Hemmons Meta. Um, we'll Patreon.com Yeah, that one Slash Friendly Atheist Podcast Have you given? Why haven't you given? What are you doing with your money? Oh You're not Don't, I'm gonna don't call spend you them on, on vaccines air. I have Come one on more <laughs> I have one more interview from LA That you need to put out I do and, I will And also a Fables episode with Anne That I'm very excited to put yes. out So don't forget those things Those will be posted soon I'm going to text you Because you won't remember I won't um, Alright guys We'll talk to you next Bye. week Bye